0: More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. This amazing six-part series entitled A Faith That Works is a practical step-by-step teaching showing the listener how to use the faith he has in the most productive way possible. All believers must first understand that a truly productive faith doesn't come simply by knowing about it, hearing about it, wishing for it, or even asking God for it. The pathway to a truly meaningful faith, one with true power that changes things, involves developing an active lifestyle of faith based solely on the promises found in God's Word. You'll be blessed by the revelation of the vital relationship between faith and hope and the biblical truth that faith without hope is merely hopeless faith. Make special note of Pastor's nine important steps in the development of your personal attitude of faith. Now, here's Pastor with today's important instruction on how best to get faith working in your life.
1: Let's go over for a minute and let's look at Romans, the book of Romans, and let's go to chapter 4. There's a little story here that I wanted to share with you and I think it will bless your life. So Romans chapter 4, and we're going to look at the story about Abraham that we alluded to. We talked about it a little bit, and we understand that Abraham is considered or called the father of faith, right? And God told him that he was going to have a child. He was 100, his wife was 90, all right? So let's read the story here. We're going to start in verse, um, uh, well, verse 13. We've got a little time. So, let's re- so it says, for the promise that he, being Abraham... Would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law but through the righteousness of faith. So it didn't come through the law but through faith. Everybody say faith. 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 In other words he didn't accomplish this by being you know uh, following every jot and tittle of the law. This came by faith that he expressed in God. and So the promise manifested in Abraham's life purely by his faith. Not because he was perfect. Not because he lived to every letter of the law. Not because he was special to God. This happened in his life because he had faith. Say, faith. faith. And things can happen in your life through faith. You can change the very course of your life. If you don't like your situation, start using your faith. All right. For right? Uh, let's, let's jump down. Let's go to verse 16. It says, Therefore, it is a faith that it might be according to grace. Now, I like to say that grace appropriates the blessing, but faith has to reach out and grab it. Right? Did y'all 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 hear? Y'all hear what I said? All right? Therefore, it is a faith that it might be according to grace. God's grace gives the promises of the Word of God. But faith has to reach out and grab hold of those promises to make them a reality in our life. So grace gives it, but faith takes it. And you see, that's how it is with God. God extends all of these beautiful promises and all of these wonderful blessings and all of these wonderful covenant provisions, but are you grabbing hold of it by faith? Because that's how it's going to work in your life, by faith. If you don't express your faith, nothing's going to change. So he says, therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. So all these promises don't come because we're uh, of the Jewish lineage or of the law. This all comes because we express the faith of Abraham. Just like Abraham had faith and God worked in his life, so will God work in your life through faith. Everybody say, faith. faith. All right. So it says in verse 17, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who he believed. Now he tells you about the one who Abraham believed. Listen to, listen, listen to God here. This is a definition of God. He says, God who gives life to the dead. And calls those things which do not exist as though they did. That's the God we serve. He gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist as though they were. He was the God who said, light be and light was. And still is. And ain't never going to change. Is that right, Mike? Never going to change until he comes back and makes some big alterations on earth. That's a preaching for. That's a session for another time. Now listen to what it says about Abraham, because this is where I wanted wanted to get your attention. Verse eighteen says, "Who, this being Abraham, contrary to hope." Now let me tell you why. How many of you agree with me that it is a it is it is not a joyful, confident, favorable expectation that a hundred year old man and a nine year old woman are going to get together and have a baby. I would, I would really like to know what the conversation was that day after Abraham came from this meeting with God and was at the local barber shop or at the coffee shop. Hey, guys, guess what? Me and Sarah are having a baby. They say, oh, man, Abraham lost his mind. A hundred-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman do not make babies. They make tea, they make coffee, they make breakfast. They don't make babies. I would have loved to have heard. the Man, this guy Abraham is nuts. He's lost his mind. But notice what it says, who contrary to hope, joyful, confident, favorable expectation of what is to come, in hope, joyful, confident, favorable expectation of what is to come, believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. In other words, God said your descendants are going to be numerous upon this earth And all these lineages, all these generations are going to be blessed because of your faith. But when you tell a 100-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman that they're about to have a baby, there's not too much to be joyful about because how the heck is that going to happen? But Abraham believed God so much that even against the odds it says, In hope! Even against joyful, confident, favorable expectation. In joyful, confident, favorable expectation. He believed God. And therefore what God spoke to his life was manifested and it became a reality. And that's where you and I need to live is that, listen, sometimes things are going to seem like it's hopeless. Nothing's ever going to change. Nothing's ever going to be different. But we have to be like Abraham, against all joyful In other words, there's nothing in this situation that makes me joyful, confident, and thinking that there's a favorable outcome. But against all of that, I will turn up the the, the thermostat of hope, my joyful, confident, favorable expectation, and stand here believing God that it will be the way God said it will be. And as my hope rises, so does my faith catch it, meet it, and create it in my life. But if you don't have hope, your faith has nothing to achieve. Abraham had to keep his hope alive. And then the devil heaps, you know, lies and says all kinds of things and you start feeling sorry for yourself and you're all confused. You're not supposed to be confused. You've got the spirit of God in your heart. You've got the mind of Christ. But when you lose your hope, everything goes wacky in your life because you have no joyful, confident, favorable expectation of what is yet to come. The devil's got you thinking that this is all that there is and it's all going backwards and there's nowhere to go from here and you are stuck, stuck, stuck. (laughs) And you believe it and you take the bait. You take the bait of the devil. Your, Your hope goes out the window. And the minute your hope goes out the window, your faith goes dormant. Because just like the thermostat and the furnace, that furnace needs a demand. If it doesn't have a demand, it ain't going to achieve anything. Some of you live in the safety zone. You don't want to turn up the thermostat because you're afraid. But yet you hate where you are. You don't like what you have. You got to turn up the thermostat of faith, of hope, so that your faith can achieve something. Believe God, trust him. No one gave me anything. Nobody did anything for me. Nope, never happened. I had to work my faith. I had to trust God right where I was in times I didn't like it. I had to keep my hope alive and know that my faith in the scriptures, my faith on the word of God, because the minute I took my my, you know, I think I said it before, but the anchor of the word the hope is the anchor of my soul. It kept me anchored to the word of God. That's what kept me That's why you gotta be in the word. Amen. See, I can tell when a person's not in the word because their brain is screwy. Their brain has been, they've been in everything else, but they've not been in the word. Because if you've been in the word, you're anchored. You're solid. You're not drifting away. Like, you know, like sometimes you talk to people and they're a million miles away, they're drifting because they're not anchored. Hope keeps me anchored. It's the anchor of my soul. It keeps me firm. It keeps me steadfast. It keeps me moving. It keeps my faith in Him. You don't know how God's going to work. I'm going to tell you what we've got to get faith abounding in here. We've got to get faith abounding in your life because there's too much fear around afraid of this and afraid of that and afraid of the other thing. I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. Stop it. Faith will only give substance to joyful, confident, favorable expectation of things to come. If you don't have that, you got nothing. Faith puts the meat on your hope. Faith brings that which you are hoping for into the natural realm. That's how faith and hope work together. So faith needs hope. Hope. Faith needs joyful, confident, favorable expectation of the things that are to come. And notice what it says about Abraham, who contrary to hope, in hope believed. Of course, he fought the dread and the fright and the worry, but he refused it. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to just joyfully, confidently, with favorable expectation, look to my future and to the promise of God. The promises of God will be a reality in my life. These will not be a reality in your life until you set them out as a goal in your life. So he goes on to say, verse 19, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body, although already dead since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. You see, you can't look at your circumstances. You can't. If I just looked at my abilities, we wouldn't be sitting here. Or you'd be sitting here. He didn't look at his his inabilities. He said he didn't get weak in faith. He didn't consider his own body. He didn't pay any attention to what you could see, feel, and hear. He didn't have any eyes on the sense realm. This man was walking by faith truly and not by sight. And it says in verse 20, he said, He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. He wasn't weakened in faith. He was strengthened in faith. Even though it hadn't manifested right away. It took time. He said that he did not waver. He wasn't, you know, the Bible says that let not that one think he wavers. Let not that one think he's going to get anything from God. Believe today, don't believe tomorrow. You've got to be rock solid with this stuff. That's the problem with a lot of Christians today. We're, a bunch of weak, we're raising a bunch of weaklings. Ooh. I mean, you got to learn to just be rock solid in your faith and in your hope and your trust in God. Your trust is in the living God. Your trust is in this Word. You know that you know that you know that this is going to be manifested in your life. I don't know how else to tell you. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. Given glory. In other words, he gave glory to God. He gave glory to God when they all laughed at him. He gave glory to God when weeks went by and nothing changed. He gave glory to God in the good times. He gave glory to God in the bad times. He gave glory to God when he was feeling like it. He gave glory to God when he didn't feel like it. He just kept giving glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. You wake up and the devil whispers in your ear, Oh, this is it, this is the end of the road. You say, Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Glory to God. He was strengthened in his faith, giving glory to God. You see, when the, when the glory starts, when you start uh, pulling back on giving glory to God, when the praises recede, you start sinking. That's why it's important to praise the Lord every day. It's part of the component of keeping yourself on top and not getting under it. Come on. Every praise is to our God. Every praise is to our God. All right. So he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and like, like this, and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was also able to perform being fully convinced are you fully convinced i don't think you are i don't think you are i think some of you are but not everybody because if you were fully convinced you'd do this word you'd live this word you wouldn't you wouldn't move away from it do it for 2 days and then you know 2 weeks and then not do it for 6 weeks and question it and doubt it you would just do it keep on doing it keep on doing give glory to god give glory to god against all hope in hope believe and thus i become in hope against all hope thus i become in hope against all hope in hope fully convinced keep believing i become i become i get it happens it happens it manifests everybody understand that so he says, being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. God wants to perform in our lives, but he needs us to keep our hope, our joyful, confident, favorable expectation alive. Because without it, your faith cannot accomplish a thing. Let me give you this and then we'll go home and have lunch. <laughs> Let me just put this together real quick, all right? Actually, this is a great verse. Can I give you this verse? I forgot about this verse. Zechariah 9, 12, the prophet says here, return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today I declare that I will restore double to you. Oh, glory to God. Return to the stronghold, you, I love that, you prisoners of hope. See, I'm a prisoner, joyful, confident, favorable experience, no matter how bad things ever get. Somehow there's this overriding stronghold in my life. Somehow, I just know that a better day. I'm coming out of it. I'm getting to the other side of it. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. God only has good in store for me. That's hope. That's what hope is. You see? And then you, you couple it with the word of God. You put your... And, and faith begins to kick in now. Now, I stand on my faith because I know the promises of God. And I declare them. I speak them. I thank God every day. Am I speaking to anybody here? All right. So, So, he says... Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope, and, and I will restore double to you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what people take from you or what people steal from you. You just keep your hope alive. You keep your joyful, confident, and favorable expectation of what is to come, and God promises you're going to end up with double. I did. God doubled me up, tripled me up, quadrupled me up. People cheated me, lied to me, stole from me, abandoned me, did all kinds of things, but pff, shoo, God... I almost want to say, I I almost want to just send them all a thank you note. Just thank you. If you're watching by uh, by internet, thank you. Thank you, thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Because it gave me the opportunity to exercise my hope and my faith. God bless you. God bless you. All right? So... Seven things that Abraham did. Let me just encapsulate, you know, put all this together um, uh, and, and so we understand it. So he says, seven things that Abraham did to keep hope alive. One, he maintained hope even in hopeless in a hopeless situation. He maintained joyful, confident, favorable expectation, even in a hopeless situation. Number two, he was not weak in faith. He kept his faith strong. Number three, He didn't consider, he did not consider his own body. In other words, let me say it this way. He did not consider, you ready? His own insufficiency. Don't consider your insufficiency. Number four, he did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. He didn't consider his wife's insufficiency or those that are joined together with you. You may be on a team. You may be leading a company. You might be an employer and you're concerned about your employee's insufficiency for a project. They may have the, the wherewithal to do it and the, the, you know, they're eager to learn, but maybe they feel, don't ever consider anyone's insufficiency. Now, if they're doing a poor job, they need to get go. If they're not producing, they need to go. But sometimes you're going to face things in life where you're going to feel like, I don't know if I can really do this, but you've got to trust God. That's how you grow. That's how you stretch. I mean, that's how you grow. You have to stretch, right? So I say they didn't consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. Number five, he did not waver at the promise. And the Amplified says, doubtingly question. He didn't doubtingly question the promise of God. He believed. Number six, he was strengthened in faith, as we said, giving glory to God. He just praised the Lord, giving glory to God. So from the time that I, I set that thermostat of hope up and I set out... From that point, all I do is keep giving glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God until it manifests in my life. Standing on the promise. Is anybody getting anything out of this? Am I just preaching myself? All right. Number six, he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Number seven, he was fully convinced that God could and would perform. Are you convinced that God can and will do it in your life? It's never going to happen until you do. Hallelujah. Put your hands together. Give God the praise and the glory. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith needs hope, and hope needs faith. They cannot work apart from one another. So let's stand together, if you will. So what I would urge everybody here today is to get your hope up. Get your hope up. Where do you want to be? What do you want to do? Get your hope up. Now now listen, can I tell you something? Because, you know, this principle comes into play here. You you can't get your hope up for things like you want a promotion, you want to increase, whatever. You can't be lazy. You can't cheat the system. You can't be a troublemaker. You can't have the wrong heart because that sabotages the very blessing in your life. So you can set your hope for whatever it is, but then you got to do your part. You got to be the best that you can be and do the best that you can do. And God sees that. God sees that. You may think you're hiding. You think you may be cheating or whatever. But God sees that. Just like he sees the good stuff, he sees the bad stuff. And God doesn't reward bad stuff. He rewards good stuff. You have a good attitude and keep a good heart. and Do your best. And be a person of integrity, excellence. All of these things are going to fall into your lap. I didn't get here without that. That's like basic, man. you got to keep integrity and good work ethics and good attitude and a good heart. I'm going to tell you what. You set that thermostat of hope and you keep those principles operating, there's nothing that God's not going to do for you. I mean, blessings are just going to fall upon your life. Amen? And it can't be a performance. Because sometimes we do it in the face of those that we need. We, need, we, need, we know we need to do it because we're trying to show... God sees right through that, man. It's got to be a change of heart. Got to be a change of heart. And it's, you know, anyway. But I don't know why I'm going down that road, but hallelujah, got to be a change of heart. Got to be a change of heart. Because God sees it. God knows it. Sometimes we don't prosper because our attitude is wrong. Our heart is wrong. We've gone off. I don't need to kind of bring a downer here, but it's the truth, right? Amen. So let's live right, do right, be right, live according to God's word and watch and see how God will bless your life. Amen. Come on, put your hands together. Give God the glory.
0: Tune in tomorrow afternoon at two for more than conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry.